So this, the message today, it, it feels a little bit different than the way I would normally teach because it's a little bit stronger, maybe a little bit heavier, weightier. I need you to know for sure that this is not a judgment. It is a caution sign. Okay? No judgment, just a place where I need y'all to hear um, my heart and what I feel like the Lord is saying. Okay? Y'all know I love you more than anything, if you know me. So about six weeks ago, I was driving the car. I was almost home, um, close to Fair Oaks. And all of a sudden, I was praying for y'all. And all of a sudden, I heard the Holy Spirit say, is your fortress fortified? And I was like, okay, isn't that kind of redundant? Kind of. They're so similar. But it was clear that that's what he was wanting to say. And it was like, I need you to speak that. I need you to study that. I need you to understand that so you can share it and share my heart with my people. So I went ahead and just went home and put myself in the calendar for today. And then throughout this time, over the last six weeks, I feel like the Lord has kept dropping little nuggets into my heart. So um, many of y'all may be familiar with scriptures on fortresses. I am. You know, I don't know every scripture on the fortress, but I am familiar with some. But there are many scriptures um, about fortresses. But we need to hear exactly what the Lord wants to speak to us today. So maybe try to drop out all the other things you've already thought I'm going to speak on if you saw my title. So what is a fortress? So if you live in the United States, we have very few fortresses. So you may have never seen one in person my mind always goes to the fortresses that are in Europe. They're massive. I mean, when you, when you walk up, there's almost like an awe for how big that they are. So I even looked up Webster's definition, to be clear. The, nef- the definition that applies the best to today's message is this. A person or a thing not susceptible to outside influence or disturbance. Do you already feel it? Do you already feel like, okay, this is going to be, whoa. I'm going to read it one more time just to make sure you got it. A person or thing not susceptible to outside influence or disturbance. It is a well-protected place intended to be difficult for enemies to enter. So when I look at this and I go, intended, how intentional are we How intentional are we in our everyday life to make sure that the enemy does not have an open door to come in? Some synonyms for fortress are defense, barrier, security, tower of strength, refuge, shelter, weapon, guard, salvation, asylum, strength, and stability. So before we go on with this thought, I want to speak this in a language that we can all understand since obviously we probably do not think about fortresses that often in in your everyday life, in my everyday life. Here it is. Is your home, is your life built to be safe and secure, to withstand the attacks of the enemy? Okay, just kind of think about it. I need, I'm going to need some feedback here. <laughs> you got it? Okay. You know, everyone hears... Um, hold on. Every, okay, sorry. I missed my last note at the bottom. Matthew 7, Jesus says, everyone who hears my teaching and applies it to his life can be compared to a wise man who built his house on an unshakable foundation. When the rains fell and the floods came with fiercest winds beating upon the house, it stood firm because it was on a strong foundation. But everyone who hears my teaching and does not apply it to his or her life can be compared to that foolish man who built his house on the sand. So when it rained and it rained and the floods came and the winds and the waves began beating and beating that house, what happened? 
If you went to Sunday school a day in your life or children's church, you know, splat. It came down. It came down. Last night we had Rhett for a little bit, and I had the little um, Bible songs going, and this song came on. I was like, Holy Spirit, thank you for the confirmation. You know, the wise man built his house upon the rock. That's what we need to learn. This parable means that we need to ground ourselves in Christ. Occasionally, right? Occasionally, we need to ground ourselves in Christ. No, every day. Just want to make sure you're awake. Every day. And make wise choices through the guidance of his word and then listening attentively to the Holy Spirit. When? When do we do that? We want to do that before, always is a perfect answer, before the storms of life come. Before they do. Not uh, after, finding ourselves in that reactionary mode, right? He clearly says we need to not only hear the word, we need to know the word, and then we need to be doers of the word by applying that word to our lives and building a strong foundation. This reminds me of what people do when they know there's going to be a storm approaching, right? Especially a bad one like a hurricane. You know, they quickly board up and cover the whole house. No, not really usually the whole house. The places that are weak. The places that are going to be vulnerable, right? So they, they get out there and they board up their house so that it will not be destroyed. Can you feel I'm laying this foundation? <laughs> okay. Sometimes we see the news reports and the guys who are out there, we always make fun because you see like the guys and they're like, oh, and they're like, oh man, that's terrible here in Florida today. And you, they can barely stand, right? And then you'll see someone right beside them walking. They don't even know they're on camera. Have you ever noticed that? Okay, I'm not the only one. I think it's hilarious. The Weather Channel, you're like, man, you were just so... Your cover was blown, guy. They're so dramatic, right? Okay, but so, sorry, but we see those news reports and the damage that's done on those homes when they didn't have time, take the time to put up that extra protection because they didn't realize that the storm was coming so quickly. Or they didn't take it seriously. So what happens? They weren't prepared. They didn't make it a priority to be prepared. So sometimes we see believers, not sinners out there, but believers in the house of God that get clobbered by the enemy because they are not prepared. So how do we keep our protection and guard up against the enemy? I believe knowing the word and applying the word is building a protection over you and your home. You want to know how to live safe and secure even when those storms of life come. That was funny that we were singing about storms today. So let me go back to that question and say, is your fortress fortified? If you can get yourself to think of the sentence the way I'm asking it, the question, is your fortress fortified? In ancient times, people would build a wall or a fortress to protect the city so that when the enemy came, he would not be able to get in easily. They knew that if the enemy got in, what happens? That enemy, not only does he blast through the fortress, he takes over the city. And it wasn't like he took over the city and like, hey, I'm glad to be living and co co cohabiting with you guys. No, that enemy comes in with one intention, and what is that? to steal, kill, and destroy, to take those people captive, right? Because he wants to enslave them. And that's what he's trying to do to us every single day. So <laughs> if the enemy knows he can get in, what's he going to go for? Is he going to go to that uh, major, major wall fortress that's built strong, or is he going to try to take the easiest one he can and pick them off? Oh, that was an easy pray. All right, that was an easy pray. We know that the walls of the fortress were built way before the enemy was even spotted. It's not like they're like, 
Who's that coming? Who's that coming? Okay, guys, let's get out the let's get out the bricks. Let's get out the stones. Let's start building. No. They were built ahead of the storm. They were built ahead of the attack. And so we know that the enemy right now is trying to come against our fortress. And he wants to come in and he wants to occupy our life. So we have to be prepared because he's really wanting to take our health. He's wanting to take our family, our finances, our relationships. He wants to take your emotions, your mind, your hope, your confidence in the Lord. That's, to me, that's one of the biggest ones is he wants to get in there and take your confidence. You know, I mean, that's why we have the, you know, the enemy is always going after that. Does the word really mean? Did God really say? He's going after our confidence. And he'll take anything else he can get his hands on that you allow him to. We know that the walls of the fortress are built to be strong. How much time are we spending building our fortress strong? Let's think about it. If you were the enemy um, and you came in and you broke in, you would want to do the easy ones, right? Because you can do that one and that one and that one and that one. I can attack that person and that person and that person and that person. That makes a lot more sense than an enemy just trying to fight to get into that one strong one, right? So we want to make sure that we're the one that's built, built to last, built the strong one. This fortress in the ancient times were protecting a city. And if we think about it, that city inside the fortress represents a people that were united together. They were protecting each other. They were protecting each other. That is why it's so important to choose your friends wisely. So you have all the other people in your circle, in your life, helping you to build up spiritually and praying for you and praying with you. It's so important. We can't just have friends that are going to tell us the latest financial report or give us good advice in the human realm. We need people that are going to love us enough to speak life and truth into our lives. We need to seek out those friends that will speak truth and life to us. Let's take a look at some of the scriptures that are about the fortress, okay? Psalms 91.2, some of these are going to know for sure. I will say to the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. 2 Samuel 22, 2-4 says, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my Savior. My God is my rock, in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me, and my place of safety. He is my refuge, my Savior. I called on the Lord who is worthy of all praise, and he saved me from my enemies. Psalms 46, 11 says, The Lord of heaven's armies. Doesn't that just sound amazing? It just sounds so, it is all powerful. But just think about it. The Lord of heaven's armies. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. And he really is. He's here among us today. He actually confirmed to us the words of of prophecy and truth and encouragement that he is here today. The God of Israel is our fortress. So now, uh, let's look at a few verses on fortified. Fortified means strong and secure. That's why God told Jeremiah, today I have made you strong like a fortified city that cannot be captured. Wow. Who wants to be like Jeremiah? I want God to tell me that. Today I have made you strong like a fortified city that cannot be captured. That's Jeremiah 118. He's saying the same thing to us today. You know, it's time to put a stop to the enemy sneaking through those small, small maybe, maybe not so small, but those broken down areas in our lives. We need to shut him down for good. The word instructs us to guard, which is to fortify our mind. You know what? 
Actually, this is our job. It's our job. It's our job. No one else, not our friend, not our cousin, not our spouse, not our parent, nobody else can teach ourselves to guard our mind. It's our choice. Holy Spirit can help us, and he is willing and able and does, but we still have to make that choice. We have to choose what we allow into our hearts and into our minds. Proverbs 4.23 says, guard, which is also one of the synonyms for fortify. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. We know from a study that we did before that heart and mind can be very interchangeable in the Bible. Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a fortified, strong tower. The righteous run into it, and they are safe. You know, so what are we afraid of? What are we afraid of? What intimidates us? The enemy comes with a boatload of lies, right? A boatload of lies, because he knows that he's defeated. So the only thing that he has, his... His best, his best thing he brings to the table is he's a great deceiver. If Jesus stripped the enemy from all authority, not just some, all authority over our lives, which he did. If he destroyed the works of the enemy, which he did. If he already judged the enemy, which he did. And if Jesus led the captivity captive, which he did. Why are some believers walking in victory, full of joy, excited about the day, excited about what the next thing the Lord has for them to do, and some are always in a battle or a struggle? No judgment. No judgment. This is all thought process. All the enemy has in his toolbox, just keep remembering that, are lies and deception, lies and deception. How many times does someone come to you, maybe it's a business deal, and you know right off the bat, he's lying. He's lying. Would you receive what he had to say? Would you partner with him? No, because you can see it's a lie, and you would not partner with that. But yet, sometimes the enemy comes, and he says something in our hearts, and we're like, oh, this doesn't feel like truth. Sometimes we check it out in the Word, sometimes we don't. But we can literally partner with him and start to think that he has authority over us, that he ha can have a control over us. But the Word says he has already been stripped of all authority at the cross. Jesus gave us all authority over the enemy. Last August, when the enemy was trying to bring an attack on my body, if you remember, the Lord showed me, a real snake that got in our back door. Um, we have two double doors, and I had let it just slightly cracked, and Robert always said, don't let it, close it when you let the dog out. And I had let it in. I had let it in. I had let honey out, and the snake came in, and it freaked me out. So I was able to kill the snake. The next day is when I found out the doctor um, thought that I possibly had breast cancer because it didn't look good at all, all the testing she was doing. And she was asking all the questions about my DNA and my heritage, my, my ancestry. What did, who, what did they have? Did they have this? Not saying, not saying, not coming into agreement with that. Right, so it was a time of an attack on my body. So that was like Monday snake, Tuesday report, not a good report. Wednesday, Dave and LaDonna had called us at 1045 at night to pray with us which they can call at midnight, it doesn't matter to me, but they called to pray with us because they knew that the enemy was attacking, therefore there might be somewhat of a struggle, right? And as they're praying, you know, we have them on speakerphone, and my eyes opened up, and I saw a scorpion coming down the wall, so I'm like, Robert, Robert, go kill the scorpion, go kill it, like right in the middle of their prayer, go kill it. So we killed it, and when we finished praying, I was feeling so much better because when you come into it, when you come into agreement with others that are believing the word, you always feel better, right? So your strength and your faith it builds up, and I was feeling better. And so we were watching the Stephanie Gretzinger um, YouTube video of Presence 20, 
22, and if you never watched it, I still say you've got to go watch it on YouTube. But we're watching it, now it's late, and we'd both fallen asleep. And as I woke up, TV's off, and for the very first and only time in my life, I hear the audible voice of God. And the voice said, you have to choose. You have to choose. It was like spoken two different rhythms to catch my attention. And I looked over, I was like, Robert, wake up. Did you hear that? Did you hear it? And he hadn't heard it, which is fine. The Holy Spirit was needing to speak that to my life to come into agreement with what the word said, right? And as I got up, I was like, wow. And my mind just kept going, what was that? I'm 61, almost 62. I'd never heard the audible voice of God, but I knew for sure I had. So I was like, what was that? And I'm walking to my bedroom. And as I was coming down the hall, the Holy Spirit says this, you know, had I, did I not show you the snake? Did I not show you the scorpion? What does my word say? So the minute I got in bed, I grabbed my Bible off the nightstand, and I opened up the word, because, you know, you think, okay, I think I know exactly what it says, but I better look. And Luke ten nineteen says, I have given you all authority over the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them, which, yes, we did, and nothing will injure you or harm you. Do you know how, how good that felt in that moment? I can't even tell you. I mean, when you're looking life and death and you're like, I'm standing on faith, and ugh, it was life to me. I even called Brittany at 1130 at night and said, you got to hear this. And she started crying. She's like, I needed to hear that because then we could come into agreement together. His word made me strong in that moment, right? His word made me strong in my faith and in the knowledge of his word. And when I read his word, I had heard it. What does my word say? When I heard it and I spoke it out loud, it caused me to doubt. Are you all with me? Of course it didn't cause me to doubt. It caused me, it caused me to believe. <laughs> I was just wanting to wake y'all up. It caused me to believe. In order for us to have our fortress fortified, we need to learn to walk in what he already did for us. One of the most important keys to walking fortified is this. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, Stay alert. Watch out for the great enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone someone he's looking right now for someone in here he just is he's always on the prowl to devour so we have to stand firm against him and we have to be strong in our faith it can't be mansy pansy it's got to be strong in your faith so some of us know this scripture, and maybe you've heard it your whole life, or maybe you've heard it your whole adult life, maybe you heard it last week, but some of us have never really known this scripture. So to you, I say, pay attention. Right now, be alert. If you've walked with the Lord, surrendered to his ways, not kind of in, kind of out, but surrendered to his ways, for a long time, you're going to find, at least I have, that life gets easier. And you don't have to deal with the same attack again and again and again. Because the enemy's going to recognize, well, this is a whole waste of my time. I'm going to somebody else. Because I know what she's going to do, or I know what he's going to do. He's going to say, not my house, not my life. I'm going right back to the Word. I'm going to stand on it, and you can get out. Right? So <laughs> we learn to apply the Lord's word and his principles to our lives every day. You have to choose to walk in obedience to his voice, to his word. And then, and then when you are choosing obedience, you're going to walk in victory. Then you're going to walk in victory. Joyce Meyer says one of the greatest ways to win spiritual warfare is by keeping your heart right. Has anybody ever heard her say that? It's by keeping your heart right. It's true, right? Thank you. So, you know, for years, I learned this is so true. No matter what I go through, no matter, I mean, I've gone through some devastating times in my life and had horrible experiences. 
um, where the enemy really wanted to take me out. But I wouldn't, even, even though I walked through the experience, I wouldn't give him my heart. I wouldn't give him my emotions. I wouldn't give him my confidence in who I was in Christ, even though it looked like, oh, where were you? Where were you, God? I didn't give him my confidence. I stayed faithful to believe. If you can keep your heart right, then there are just going to be some things that Satan cannot bring to you. He cannot get to you. If you keep your heart right, if you don't open certain doors, you're going to find he can't get to you. If you don't open the door, if you don't open it, he can't get to you. But you know what? If you leave it just slightly cracked like I did with the house, he can find a way in. We got to shut it and then we got to lock it, right? Proverbs 25, 28 says, like a city that is broken into and without walls, that doesn't sound like a good place, right? The city's broken into and without walls. That sounds like just a vulnerable place to me, okay? It says, <laughs> let me say it again, like a city that is broken into and without walls is a man who has no control over his spirit. So is that a problem? I think it may be. You can win and have victory over the enemy if you relinquish, that's a tough word, relinquish, not to say, to step into, control over your life, and submit to Jesus and pray. And I'm not just saying like, you know, pray over your food. Thank you, Lord. Make this a nourishment into my body. Thank you for providing it. Thank you and bless the hands that prepared it. I'm talking about praying. I'm talking about specifically spending time in prayer to build up your spirit, man. I'm talking about praying in the spirit because if you do, then the spirit himself is praying through you the perfect will of the Father. He's praying into you already the strategies that are going to defeat the enemy in your life. How many of us need strategies? I need strategies every day. Every day. I can always tell if I have been spending time in prayer or not. Robert, can you tell if I've been spending time? <laughs> okay. Can you tell? Can you tell? If you do a self-evaluation, let's just do it. How many can tell? No, I'm not going to no. If you've been spending time in prayer or not. Because it changes everything. It changes everything in you. It changes everything in your spouse. It changes everything in your children. It changes everything. Because the influencer comes in like that. To steal, to kill, destroy. So we have got to spend that time in prayer. Jesus died for us to win. He has given us his word to stand on so that we can be strong. We know we can trust in what the word says and contend for those things that are important to us. So what's important to you? Could you make a list? Like maybe even this afternoon, you can make a mental list right now, but don't do it because I need you to follow me. But this afternoon, maybe make a list. What's important to you? Because... What you need to do is you need to learn how to contend for that without quitting. When there's a bump in the road. You know, I don't know, but, you know, if you told your kids we're going to, I can't say Disney World anymore. If you, I was going to make up an example. If you were telling your kids you're going to Universal City, a city, studio. <laughs> Y'all know where Universal City is if you live here. It's like, oh, we're going 30 miles down the road. Now, if you were going to Uni Universal Studios, let's just say that, and you get about halfway, you know, out of Texas, you're driving, halfway to Texas, and you get a flat. It's like, oh, man, and you have to fix the flat, you know, and then you start driving a little bit further, and you get a nail in one of the other tires, like, I cannot believe this is happening, right? Now you're to, you know, Louisiana, like, I can't believe this is happening, you know? And then maybe you run out of gas and you have to call, you know, the people that come and help you, <laughs> you know? And you're like, oh, I can't believe I wasn't prepared for that, right? And you have all these obstacles along the way. Would you tell your kids, you know what, we're just not going to go? 
this is just not, it's too much work. We're not going to go. Well, hopefully you wouldn't. Come on, hopefully you wouldn't. But some of us, when we have those twists and turns that the enemy throws a monkey wrench into our lives, we're like, I'm not going to contend for that anymore. Maybe it was my idea, not God's idea. Okay? Just saying. If it's in the word, then we know it's his will. That's how you can test it. If it's in the word, then it's his will. The word says, faint not. So if you are feeling discouraged today, you can know it's just the enemy fighting you. Because you're standing on the Lord's promises. It's just his attack. When you pray, you're literally dispatching the angels of the Lord to come and help you. You don't have to do it alone. The word says, those angels, they're for us. They're going to come help us. There are things that we do that are so important um, to live a victorious life. We don't need to be afraid of the enemy one of the things the Lord brought to my heart, and this is where it gets a little sticky, or if, if you're thinking I'm judging, because I'm not, but did y'all know that there's more than one kingdom? The Lord brought this to my attention yesterday. So it's like, okay. There's two kingdoms. There's one of light, and there's one of darkness. You guys are good. If you had to answer the Lord today, not me, not anybody else in this room, and you thought about it, where would you say is the place you live? Do you live in the kingdom of the light? Do you live in the kingdom of darkness? Do you make choices toward the light? Do you make choices toward the darkness? Colossians 1.13 says, For he rescued or delivered us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. This is what happened when you were born again. The minute you were born again, that is what happened, okay? So this is the moment we walked out of darkness darkness into his glorious light. The problem is sometimes we don't actually live like we walked out of the darkness into his glorious light. If we are fortifying our fortress, we have to know the truth of God's word And we can't just know it. We have to apply it to our lives so that we can walk in victory from the attacks of the enemy. Remember, the fortress keeps us from being creamed by the enemy when he tries to attack. So important. This is why we have to build strong. This is why we have to be intentional in our walk with God. It has to be intentional. Matthew 24, 7 says, nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Could that be happening? Y'all see that shift like really happening? It is, right? So sometimes we hear the news and we think that all of this is being done just in human strength. It's human agendas. And that's where the battle lies. We don't realize that there is a war going on in the spiritual realm right now. There's a war going on in the spiritual realm, and we are reacting to everything we see and hear from our emotions and from our flesh. We react by expressing our thoughts or what we feel about things that are going on and happening. And we put our focus on the things that are happening, not on preparing spiritually so that our soul is protected. And then all of a sudden, because we are operating just like the world, in the worry, in the fear, in the conversations, in the agreement, our disagreement, and we've walked out of believing in the spiritual realm, and we're seeing it through just carnal eyes, just through the world's eyes. And all of a sudden, the enemy comes in, and he sideswipes us. Because we are not operating as God has called us to operate as children of the living God. We can't deal with things in the spirit through the work of the flesh. You've got to know that. We can never deal with things in the spirit through the work of the flesh. Psalms 91 says, He who dwells in the secret place, which also means shelter and protection, of the Most High will find rest. Another, another translation says, will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. 
This I declare, he alone is my refuge. And I'm telling you right there, the Holy Spirit says, really? Is he alone? Is he alone my refuge? Or do I have a stack of other things that compete with that? That I'm going to lean in, press in, believe, have faith that those other things are going to get me through. This is just what the Lord's saying right now. It's not in my notes. The word says, he alone is my refuge. My place of safety also called fortress. He is my God and I will trust in him. Did you know that, this is going to get sticky, that we can actually come out of the protection of God? Okay, some people don't know that. When we step out of obedience to his word and his authority over us, because the word says to abide. If I abide in the shadow of the Almighty, it's, it's true, it's what it says. If I abide, then the Lord's going to be my refuge, my place of safety. And, you know, sometimes we can get more worldly-minded or carnal, and we literally can come out of God's will for our lives because of what we want to do. Because of what we want to do. It's getting really quiet, sorry. God doesn't want... <laughs> as to do that. I just want you to need to know right now, he's not going to walk away. He's not going to get mad. He's not getting ready to hit you over the head because he wants nothing more than you to come back. His spirit is constantly drawing us back to that close, close walk with him. He may not be angry, but let me just tell you this from a, from a wise 61-year-old. Your choices can create an open door. Your choices can create the open door for the attack of the enemy on your life. So we want to learn to walk in his word and get free. Know his word, get free from the enemy's attacks. When we choose to walk in sin, we go right in to the enemy's camp or territory. Then we find ourselves in real trouble and open for attack. And it's like, well, this was not a big decision that I made today. It's not that big a deal. It's not my, this is not a big decision I made last week. But all of a sudden we realize we are literally keep walking into the enemy's camp. And we get real familiar with his territory. Yeah. Even maybe more familiar than we are with this territory. I'm, I know I'm meddling. I know I am. And I'm sorry. Okay. We can find ourselves in trouble. Because we don't know. We don't know when a storm is going to come. Or when the attack is going to be successful. We don't know. So we have to be prepared. Psalm 62, five, th five, ugh, 5 through 8 says, Let all that I am, let all that I am, wait quietly before God. For my hope is in him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. My fortress will, uh, where I will not be shaken. My victory and honor come from God alone. I love that scripture. It's all about him, guys. It's all about him. And the beauty of that is that when it's all about him, you don't get to take credit. For, for some of you, it's going to be bummer, dude. I want to take credit. <laughs> but you don't get to take credit because it's all about him. He is the one that is the victor in your life. He is my refuge, my rock. And if he's my rock, he's my refuge, no enemy can reach me, is what Psalm 62 says. No enemy can reach me. Oh, my people, the rest of the scripture, trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart to him. God is our refuge. So the closer you walk to the Lord, the easier life will be. I mean, basically, because you're making better decisions most of the time because you're living according to the best roadmap for your life, okay? What I'm not saying is that you'll never have a storm. I'm not saying that. There was actually a real short period of time that I kind of believed that, but I don't believe that. I believe that when you are <laughs> I want to laugh. But what I do know that I know that I know in my knower is that if I'm standing on the word of God, it, it, it doesn't matter if the storm comes. I will be victorious, okay? The word says, again, we need to live in him, 
You go back to Psalm 62. For my hope is in him. I'm, I'm just praying that's getting in. My hope is in him, so I want to live in him. Something, sometimes that means maybe giving something up that you want because it's all about him in order to see what God wants for your life. You know, it's like, are we willing to make that exchange? Are we willing? Give up something you want in order to see what God wants for your life. You know, it does, I'm not saying that necessarily you're choosing sin or anything like that. I'm just saying be sensitive to his leading in everything that you do. You know, we can learn to live. We can literally learn to live in that secret place where it is normal to be in his presence and to have fellowship with him. That's what he desires. That's what he desires. So, of course, we can, we can begin to do that. You know, maybe you're a believer today and you're here and you've never really even felt the presence of God. I can just tell you that if you go to him today and you say, I am willing, whatever it takes, I want to pursue you. I want to know you. I want to hear from you. I want to feel your heartbeat. I want to put you on the throne. I promise you that as you begin to seek because the word says, seek after me. Like, why well, may be found? If you seek me, you will find me. If you seek me with all of your heart, you're going to find me, right? You can begin to feel more comfortable in his presence and walking closely to him than walking on your own. You can literally come to that place where it feels more comfortable to be in his presence than it is just driving down the road on your own. You can live in a place where you are having a heart-to-heart connection with God. He is calling us to that secret place with the Father. That becomes our home. That becomes our home. The closer we get to him, the easier life will be. Acts 17.28 says, somebody, was it you? Somebody's, oh, maybe the word spoke. In him we live. Maybe it was you. In him we live and move, and have our being. That's everything that we're doing, right? It's in him. So Robert and I are getting ready to start building our new home. Hallelujah. He has been busy designing the plan so that we will know exactly how the house is going to be built. When I was talking with him on Friday about my message, I shared with him what the Lord had woke me up about Friday morning, about 5 a.m., to show the example of the the building on the rock and building on the sand. And so this is what he said. It is actually so much easier. I hope I'm quoting you right, being that he's, you know, architect. He's probably, well, that is not the way I said it. It wouldn't be the first time, guys. It would not be the first time. <laughs> this is what, I know what he said, and I know what I heard, and I know what I'm telling you. They may not all be the same. <laughs> Okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> okay, he said that it is actually so much easier to build on sand because it's not hard to dig and place the footings down in the sand. It's much, much harder and time-consuming when you're building on solid rock. The materials of the house can look the same from the eye, but there would be much shifting it's only a matter of time, and they're shifting. And if there's any stress on the house, it could fall. It's easier. It certainly costs less. There's less investment. It takes less time and effort. The only problem is it won't stand. We can be tempted to build our spiritual life the same way. It's the easy way. It's the easy way. Doesn't take much time. It's not taking much effort. Doesn't cost me much money. I know the Lord is calling us to choose wisely about the foundation that we're that we're placing our lives, our families' lives on. We need to make a heart commitment that He will be our foundation. 
We need to declare some things today, and I'm not going to have you raise your hand and declare it, but in your heart, I'd like you to agree. We're going to speak these things in faith to those who walk this life with us. So today, if you agree with this today and your heart accept it as truth, then I want you to also go to the people that walk in life with you and go, you know what, I'm committing to that. I believe that, I'm going to stand on it, and I need you to hold me accountable to it because we walk life together. So that looks like our spouses, our children, and our friends. They need to know. And you know why they need to know? Because it's not just holding them accountable or you know, making them making yourself accountable. It's so that you have someone to hold you up. The Word talks about, you know, do two walk together unless they agree? And if people will agree with you in the things you're wanting to do and if for the Lord or just in your life that will honor the Lord, it's so important. Together, we will build a strong fortress, and the enemy will not be able to invade our camp. We need to put up some borders around our lives to make sure our lives and our homes are fortified. Here are some examples of declarations that I wrote down. We need to build our lives based on knowing it's going to be a strong wall that will be fortified. Here's the first one. I... Raleigh and Luna will live for God and not me. Does that sound so simple? I will live for God and not me. Guys, that's huge. Because if we learn to seek him first and put him first, everything changes. In the last days, it says, 2 Timothy 3, 2, that people will be lovers not just, I think I'm pretty cool. I'm not so bad. They've been to a thousand, you know, seminars to find out how great they are and how much better they can be, right? The whole focus, that's one thing I don't mind about being out of direct marketing for 25 years is hearing all the hype of how amazing I am. Because <laughs> if you got to the conference and you thought, ah, I'm all right, man, you left thinking you are the bee's knees. I mean, you know, and that's what the intent was, to build you up so that you would have confidence to go do whatever they needed you to do. Okay, just saying. All right. <laughs> the word says, people will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money, this is a scripture. Lovers of money, they'll be boastful, they'll be proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, and unholy. Okay, that was a long list. Does even one apply to you today? Ask Holy Spirit. Am I a lover of money? Am I boastful? Am I proud? Am I abusive? Am I disobedient to my parents? Am I ungrateful? And am I unholy? So we see that the first, first check off the box was people will be lovers of themselves. That's something we all have to deal with. It's all something we all have to surrender. You know, we can accept Jesus as our Savior and receive salvation. And, and that's the most important thing we'll ever do in our spiritual walk, is accept Jesus and receive his salvation. But after we do that, maybe we aren't willing to make him Lord. The word talks about every knee shall bow, every tongue will confess. And it doesn't actually say that they're going to be bowing and confessing he's Savior. He was the healer. He was the provider. And I know this is heavy today. It says they're going to confess he is Lord. Do you not want to choose to do that today and not in eternity when you see him face to face? Okay. It is fairly easy to meet Jesus at the altar and say the sinner's prayer. It really is. I mean, I did it when I was six, and it stuck. It was the real deal. I knew him so well. I loved him so much, and I was so excited to do that, and I was so relieved, even at six years old, that I wasn't going to hell because I had literally stolen a gumball from, J from the little Jiffy Mart store. <laughs> so when I came, to, and Kim saw it. Kim saw it. She was, she was at, her and her brother Warren were in the back of the truck, when, I, when my mom told me, nope, you can't get anything today, I'm like, then why are we at this little store? No, it's something she was getting right. So we jump in the back of the truck. This is when you could ride in the back of the truck. And 
And as soon as my mom started pulling back, I popped that little plastic wrapper off of that grape ball, gumball, popped it in my mouth. It was the three of us. And all of a sudden, I felt that truck. My mom was looking in the rearview mirror, and she was like, where'd you get that? Oh, Lord, I hadn't even got the hard crust part off the outside, the shell. I couldn't swallow it. (laughs) Wasn't ready for swallowing. I'm just, I'm being silly. But the truth is, that sin, I had to go in and tell the manager I was sorry. I had to spit it out in front of him. I had to pay him the nickel. I mean, it was like, you're not stealing again, right? My mom was brilliant because it it saved me from being a a thief. (laughs) But where am I going with this? Oh, but so when I got saved at six years old, I promise you, I brought that sin to, to the altar, to the cross, because it weighed on my heart that I had done that at five. So anyway, I should have gotten saved when I was five, and I wouldn't have carried it so long because it had been under the blood. Okay. Okay, so it's easy to come to the Lord and say, thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul that I don't have to spend an eternity in hell. But you know what? It can be harder to call him Lord. So let's take a look at the word Lord. What does it mean? It means having power, someone who has power and authority, influence, a master or a ruler. And he's calling us to a place of safety, right? Today he's calling us to a place of safety where the fortress is fortified. And that's where we can truly say, you know what? I'm done being Lord over my life. I'm done being Lord over my life. Jesus is, <laughs> sorry, Jesus, I'm done being in the driver's seat and having you just ride along with whatever I choose to do in my life. I'll let you in. I'll even turn the AC on for you. No, he doesn't need to be in, the, in just the passenger seat. We need to get to the place where we don't want to make any decisions unless he is truly directing us. I want him to make them all. The biggest ones that I have to surrender to, to the smallest ones. I want him to make them all, every decision of my life. You know what? The decision to accept Jesus was so powerful, but this decision to submit to the Lordship of Christ will change your life. It will change your life. It'll be sweeter than when you met him that day at the altar as you begin to walk and surrender with him. This decision that you make, not only will it change the course of your life, it will change the course of your family's life. It will change the course of your children's life. Because I promise, they're looking to you. They're looking to you. What impact do you want to have on their life? Whew. You know, we think it's a hard decision to make him Lord and to let him lead. But the truth is, if the word is true and it is, his ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. And no one loves us more. Why wouldn't I want to couple my life with that? With that person who knows more? His ways are much higher than mine. I could never begin to figure out things my own way like he does just because he knows. And he loves me and he wants the very best for me. Fortifying your fortress may look like asking the Holy Spirit, who should I hang around with? Who should I hang around with? Because it matters. Who should I let speak into my life? That's huge. That is huge. Who should I allow to have influence over my life? Who should I date? Some of you. Who should I date? Guys, it matters. Submit it to him. Who should I marry? You know, my mom always said, you have to date a good mate. You have to date a good mate. Because the two go hand in hand. The minute you date someone, you could quickly go into that place of marriage. So who should I marry? Where should I work? Where should I live? You know, it's literally just taking your hands off of the steering wheel of your life and then trusting him to drive. 
You can learn to seek him and be sensitive to him, and you will find out his will for your life. You will experience how rewarding that is. You know, lots of believers have never come to the place in their lives to totally surrender. And here's another thing. Some of us have possibly come to that place and said, you know, you drive. I want you to drive. I'm having a Holy Spirit moment, and what was I thinking? I do not want to lead this, this road. I, I want you to take over and lead me. I want you to drive, and I'm getting the passenger seat. And you could be there. You could mean it with all your heart, and it could be three or four months down the road, and all of a sudden, you come to a stop moment in your life, and you're like, can we do the Chinese fire drill? And you're like, get out, hurry, got to get out, make it around, because I need to make the next decision. I have to make it. So we got to swap places really, really fast. And this looks like it's dangerous doing this Chinese fire drill, because it is. But it's okay, because I need to lead again. The Holy Spirit, do, do y'all know what that is? Okay, I was like, I'm like, please don't tell me it's been that long since I was in high school because we did it all the time in high school. The Holy Spirit is calling us to a place where he can fortify us and strengthen us. Just remember that if you're not living all in, you're not living all in, maybe you're kind of halfway in, kind of halfway out, then you are easy prey. You're easy prey. You're, you know, you can be forgiven, you can be saved. Jesus comes, you may be going, but I'm just telling you, going, going in the rapture. But the truth is, you're easy prey to the enemy. You know, he knows the word better than we do, most of us. The enemy knows it. We know that because he tempted the Lord himself by the word. He knows that James 1, 5 through 7, and I'm finishing in about three or four minutes, is true. James 1, 5-7 says, Do not waver, for the person who is divided in his loyalty is unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed in the wind. Some people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord because their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are spiritually unstable in everything they do. That sounds like that house is being built on sand, if you ask me. Do not be double-minded. A person with divided loyalty is not completely, this is why, if you have divided loyalty, it's because you are not completely convinced that God's way is best. That's why. You think you know more. It's actually pride, but I won't go there. <laughs> There's many places today I was like, yeah, another sermon. I won't even go there. I actually wrote the second part of my sermon first, like on Wednesday, started writing this on Thursday, and realized yesterday that the two could not meet or we would be here till two. So I had to actually change it and make this plane take a landing early because I couldn't go into the other part of strongholds that were, that's good teaching for another day. He treats, okay, so let me go back. A person with divided loyalty is not completely convinced that God's way is best. He treats God's word like any other human advice. I know I'm stepping everywhere, like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Because he thinks that it's just like human advice when he reads it, that helps him retain the option to disobey or ignore he vacillates between allegiance and feelings from the world's ideas and God's commands. If your faith is new, weak, or maybe you're struggling, just remember that you can trust God because no one loves him, loves you more than him. Be loyal to the Lord today. Commit yourself wholeheartedly today to him. Going back to that declaration I will live for God and not me. Lord, whatever you say, I will do. You know, make sure that whatever you feel he's saying lines up with the word. Because a lot of us can do that. Oh, you know, whatever you say, God, I'll do. But what I have found through the years, it's the enemy has a voice too. 
and he can bring something that's packaged all perfect and he's got blue eyes and blonde hair. <laughs> you know, just whatever. I'm just saying, you can be deceived if you don't know the word. So if you feel like the Holy Spirit's speaking to you, he will never go against his word so you can confirm it in the word of God. Number two, I will choose my relationships by your standards. Pray about your relationships, all of them, because people closely associated with you can lead you. They can empower you to walk a stronger spiritual life because of the encouragement that they bring. They can pray for you, or you could choose a different group. And they could drag you down spiritually right to where they're at. Because people, I've always heard this, you can't give what you don't have, right? So it's not maybe their fault that they're not giving you things that will lead you closer to Christ because they don't have it in them to give. I'm going fast, Rhett. <laughs> some people, sorry. Okay, some people can speak things into your life that are not from the Lord, and they can cause you to go into a road in a direction that is contrary to the word of God because they don't know the best for you. Only he does. So be careful whose influence you desire in life. Did y'all catch that? Be careful whose influence you desire. It's, that's, Bertie, that's huge. I could have preached that and sat down. Okay. Say, I will let you choose where I live. Only he knows who will interact with your life. You know, friendships that will be established by living maybe in close proximity to others, um, they're going to have an impact on your life. So if you're moving, you're going to make a move, let him speak to you and guide you with that direction. Let him choose where you work. He alone knows what the future holds because right now it may be, ooh, that's, man, that's a Fortune 500 and, and then the stock market crashes. He knows what your future holds and what direction even that that company's gonna go in and also the relationships that you will make at that job. Submit that to him. In fact, submit all of your plans to him. One of the most powerful evangelists in the world was Reinhard Bonnke. I've loved him since I was a teenager. Love Reinhard Bonnke. And he said this, I know if I have a plan, it could fail. But if I could get past the plans of man and hook my life to the plans of God, his plan cannot fail. So today, June 4th, we get to choose to live our lives surrendered to the Lord so that he can fortify us. You know, even Jesus had a choice to surrender his will. Had he not surrendered to God and gone to the cross, we would be eternally lost. But even God waited to see, is he going to say yes? Just like he's waiting today for us, are we going to say yes? Are we going to follow in the Lord's footsteps and speak, not my will, but yours be done in me? That's hard. And we have a lot less skin in the game if we say it than when he said it. Not my will, but yours be done. We want to make sure that everything, everything we do can continue to build our relationship with the Lord. Submission and surrender is key. Sometimes it's that battle of the will, and God is never going to trump your will for what he wants for your life. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to fortify our fortress so that the enemy cannot find a breach and get in. The strategy to keep the enemy from getting into the fortress is to stand firm and to use the weapons of war that he has given us. We have to always remember we are not fighting the battles of our lives through human knowledge and strategies. Our battles are fought with the weapons of warfare that have been given to us from the Lord. Our weapons of warfare 
will help us fortify our fortress. I have to surround my fortress with prayer, with love, and with truth of God's word. And you know what? I'm going to just stop right there. I'm going to stop right there. Because if we can clearly just get that, Lord, I surrender all that I am, and I will come to you in prayer. I'm going to come to you in a place of love, loving you more than anything else in my life. And I will come to you seeking your truth instead of my own. Oh, it's so easy. It's so easy for us to make up our own truth. Is it not? I think it is. I think we can all like talk ourselves into believing almost anything. But there's only one standard of absolute truth, and that is the word of God. I love you guys. I hope this wasn't tough. <laughs> okay, thanks. 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 You do understand the reason this is a subject is because we have battles. We have, we, don't e- we have battles we don't even know that are coming. Every day in the news, I'm like, whew, they're really not liking Christians. They're not. The world is getting more and more hostile toward Christianity. And if we do not have our fortress built strong, it's going to be a wild ride. Hey, it may be anyway. But at least we know who's in the driver's seat. Love you guys. Um, Prayer team, come up and pray. We're here for you. We love you. If there's anybody here today that has never, ever surrendered your life to Jesus, please come so we can pray with you. If there's anyone here today that maybe you have, maybe you have, but you know that you know after hearing this message, you're not walking all in. You're not intentionally building your fortress that the enemy cannot attack. Come, let us pray with you. Like I was saying, when you know what you're going to do today, when you decide what you're going to do today, make sure and speak that truth that declaration into someone else's ear today so they can stand with you in that truth. Okay, Lord Jesus, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for your word. And Lord, just like I asked you in the beginning, cover your word, protect your word, and let the blood of Jesus cover us as we go forth out of this building and into our walk today. Lord, I pray, God, that you are Lord over everything in our lives. We submit to you in Jesus' name. Amen.